Hey guys, before we get into the podcast today, I want to thank all of you who have been listening and those who may be listening for the first time. I hope you're being blessed by the podcast. I also want to remind you, if you're enjoying the podcast, tell your friends and share the episodes on social media. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform. If you are listening on Apple, please leave a review. You can also find us at InFocusPod on Facebook and at the Pod on Twitter. Also, we are now on YouTube and will soon be doing InFocus Live videos. So go to YouTube and subscribe to the InFocus Podcast. If you would like to message us, you can email theinfocuspod at gmail.com or you can send us a message on Facebook. Once again, I want to thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, it's Bobby Newsom, and I want to welcome you to In Focus Podcast. Every week we will be delving into many discussions and topics, looking at them all through the lens of Scripture, allowing Christ and His Word to keep us in focus. Hey everyone, I want to welcome you once again to the In Focus Podcast. I'm Bobby, your host, and we have a great show for you today. I'm going to get started right away here. Um, we're going to talk today about busyness in ministry. Does it equate to effectiveness in ministry? And I'm not only going to be talking just about church in general, but I want to talk a little bit and kind of focus a lot on pastors because I believe that the pastor um, and the leadership of churches kind of points that you know points that rudder in the right direction whether or not um, you know busyness is, is what the goal is or whether being effective is the goal and I want to say first and foremost and I, I need everybody to understand this that uh, some of the things that I'm going to say today if taken out of context could make it uh, make it sound as though I'm saying that we need to be lazy or that we need, you know, that it's not important to be involved in church, it's not important to do things in the church, and that is far from the truth. I believe that churches that are effective are churches that that do things and that are active. But the question I'm asking today is, do we sometimes equate effectiveness to just being busy? There is definitely a difference between being active and being and just going through the motions of busyness so that's what we're going to talk about today um, we're even going to kind of go into scripture just a little bit about what what the bible says about about these things um, i want to begin by giving some statistics now these statistics are basically for ministry like pastors and families and things like that because once again I believe that everything kind of flows from the head down. So the attitude of the pastor and the leadership of the church is definitely going to um, affect what the attitude of the congregation and those who are sitting in the pews are going to be. And so I was looking through some t- um, statistics that were kind of troubling, if I'm being honest, about pastors and their families. So I'm just going to read off a few of these to you and kind of go from there. Um in, in these statistics, one of the first ones that kind of jumped out to me was 50% of pastors feel so discouraged that they would leave their ministry if they could, but can't find another job. 50, 
half of pastors who were um, who were part of this study say that they are so discouraged in their ministry that if they could, that they would leave um, and do something else. Okay, eighty um, percent of pastors. This is this one here is very troubling. Eighty percent of pastors believe their pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families, and 33% said it was an outright hazard. I'm going to read that again. 80% of pastors believe their pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families, and 33% said it was an outright hazard. I'm wondering, as you're listening to these, if if you're as, as alarmed as I am, okay? 80% of ministry spouses feel left out and unappreciated in their church. 80% of ministry spouses feel left out and unappreciated in their church. Now, I could probably do a full podcast just on that, but that's kind of not, not what we're talking about today. Um, 77% of pastors feel they do not have a good marriage. 77% of pastors believe they do not have a good marriage. 41% of pastors display anger problems in marriage. And those were actually reported by the spouse. So that wasn't a pastor telling on himself. That was asking the spouse, does your pastor spouse um, have anger issues? And 41% said that they do. Okay, so 65% feel their family is in a glass house. 65% of pastors feel that their family is in a glass house. In other words, they feel like they are under constant scrutiny of those um, around them and those that they serve. All right, um, let's go to some others here. 70% 70% of pastors do not have someone they consider a close friend. Man, think about that. 70% of pastors do not have someone they consider a close friend. I believe that that's a, that's a big problem. Um, and that comes down to the fact that most pastors don't feel like they can trust anybody. <laughs> that's just, you know, that's just the facts. Um, well, that, that sounds awful, but that's just, that's the truth, is most pastors do not believe they won't allow themselves to be friends with people because they've been hurt so many times by people that they thought were friends that most of them uh, won't let people get that close. Okay. Um, let's see here. 72% of pastors only study the Bible when preparing for sermons or lessons. 72% of pastors... Only study the Bible when preparing for sermons or lessons. You know, and that's that's actually good seeing that there's a lot of pastors who who are so, um, either they feel pressure that many times they don't even actually study for their sermons. They just, you know, go on the internet and get, get them. And, you know, it's another podcast in and of itself. Um, 21% spend less than 15 minutes a day in prayer. 21% of pastors spend less than 15 minutes a day in prayer. The average is 30, 39 minutes per day. The average 
that a pastor spends in prayer per day is 39 minutes. Can I make it very clear today that that's not enough? That's not enough. 16% are very satisfied with their prayer life. 47% are somewhat satisfied. And 37% are either somewhat dissatisfied or very dissatisfied. Spending more time in quiet prayer listening to God versus making requests was correlated with higher satisfaction. Huh. 44% of pastors do not take a regular day off. 44% of pastors do not take a regular day off. And many people may look at that and say, well, that's wonderful that they're so dedicated. It's not. It's not wonderful. Um, because I understand that oftentimes our mentality is, well, I need to work, I need to work, I need to work, and work leads to success. Actually, oftentimes in this particular case, constant work, constant pressure doesn't lead to success. It leads to burnout. It leads to um, hating what you do. It leads to feeling constant pressure, therefore living under constant stress. Um 85% have never taken a sabbatical. A sabbatical is a time of rest, a, an extended time of rest. And let's just be honest, the reason for that is is that most pastors uh, feel like that if they take a, an extended time of rest, either their congregation's going to get angry because they're not at their beck and call, or they, they're afraid somebody else will step in and take their place. They're afraid the church can't run without them. They're afraid that, you know, uh, things will fall apart. So 85% of pastors have never even taken a sabbatical. So I'm, I just wanted to read over those, and we're going to touch on some of them, you know, again. But this is a problem. This is a problem because this is talking about pastors. So pastors, what I'm finding out here is pastors are living under a lot of stress. Pastors are living under constant um, stress to perform in many areas of their life. And therefore, I believe oftentimes they take that stress and they put it up on the congregation too. So it's kind of an evil, it's an evil cycle where the congregation expects so much of the pastor, so therefore the pastor expects so much of the people. Now, let me once again reiterate that I do not believe as the body of Christ that we should just, we should just sit around and do nothing. I don't believe that we should be lazy and not working for Christ. But once again, I do not believe that busyness equates to, to effective ministry. Okay, Busyness does not equate to effective ministry. Let me, let me give you some scripture for that. Okay, In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 3, um, the prophet is talking about rest. He says, It shall come to pass in the day the Lord gives you rest from your sorrow and from your fear and the hard bondage in which you were you you were made to serve. Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30 says this. Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what I'm hearing in these scriptures is that rest is important. The Bible says that even God himself rested on the seventh day. So if God rested, obviously he believes that rest is important. He believes that busyness and doing more things doesn't necessarily equate to effectiveness. So you may be wondering, what is it you're talking about? 
So what I'm about to say and some of the things that I'm about to say come completely from experience. Experience from being in ministry for over 20 some years and experience in being a pastor's kid, a preacher's kid my whole life. Not only a preacher's kid, but a preacher's grandkid my whole life. So basically, I was born and raised in church and have lived and been around ministry my entire life. So what I'm about to say is is coming from a place from of experience, okay? So what happens many times with us, and I see this very often, is that we think the answer for everything that's going on is to do more. The answer for everything is to do more. And I don't, I don't know why I feel the need to do this, but I must reiterate once again, I am not saying we should be lazy. I am not giving an excuse or, or giving people an opportunity just to be lazy. I, don't, I believe that God wants us to do our very best and be active for the body of Christ. But I do not believe God wants us to be busy just for the sake of being busy. Busyness doesn't necessarily bring godliness. It doesn't necessarily bring relationship. As a matter of fact, oftentimes it can pull away from that. So let me kind of lay out where I'm coming from. Okay, What I see oftentimes. Things begin to go wrong. I've seen this, I've seen this very clear in the last year or two, um, where when things begin to go wrong in the world, automatically, not only pastors, but church people in general, religion tells us, okay, we need to have more services. We We need to have more services. Things are getting crazy. Let's have more services. Things are getting out of control. Let's have more church services. Now, once again, I know what the Word of God says. Uh, Many of you are thinking, well, the Bible says to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And not only that, but to, to come together even more as the days grow later. I understand that. I understand the Word. I understand what He's saying there. I believe it's important that the body of Christ's fellowship I believe that it is important that the body of Christ work together um, in harmony in order to bring forth what God has in the earth. I, I believe that. But I do not believe that many of the things that churches do actually bring um, effective ministry, actually bring us into a place where we are effective in reaching the, the world for Christ. You know, you may think, well, that's just your opinion. Maybe it is. But once again, I believe it's coming from an opinion that that has been around and an, an opinion of experience. Um, you know, I love rev- I grew up having revivals and having uh, going to different meetings. Um, when I was a later teenager, early 20s, I spent a lot of time um, in tent meetings um, and things like that. Those things are important. I loved it. I loved doing those things. But those things in and of themselves, having more services in and of themselves, doing more activities in and of themselves does not bring righteousness. It does not bring the answer to problems. What it does is, is it tries to cover up problems when, when you think the answer to everything is, let's have another service. We're not having enough services. So why do I think that? And there may be some of you listening right now thinking you have lost your mind. I'm not, I, I'm not a bit surprised by that. 
And some of the things I'm about to say, I'm just going to be honest with you, it may, may really upset some people and may really make even pastors feel like, um, you know, like I'm attacking. I am not. I am not attacking anybody. I'm just, I'm speaking what I see and what I have been seeing for a long time, what I have seen in my own life, okay? So why is it that when things begin to go wrong, we automatically turn to, we need to have more services. We need to have more programs. We need to keep people busy, I believe a lot of it is rooted in pride because many pastors, whether they realize it or not, feel like that they need people to believe. They may, they would never, many, most of them would never admit to this. They would never say, well, this is truth. They don't probably don't even think it's true, but there's something inside of them. Oftentimes it says, I need people to think that they need me in order to walk with Christ because if I'm not needed by them, then maybe they'll find somewhere else to go. If I don't entertain them, if I don't plan, you know, God never called the leadership of churches to be the planning committee. He never called them to be, um, you know, the director of planning where they, you know, where you come together and you plan things to keep the body of Christ busy and to keep them entertained. That's the problem in the church right now is that the church is so entertainment driven that we're, we're, we're wearing people out. Now we just have, in the past year, we've just come out of a time where we had to stay home um, and we haven't been able to do a lot of the things that we were able to do. And just like everybody else, I found myself and even now find myself saying, Lord, I just want to get back to some normality. I want to be able to do things um, in the church. I want to be able to do things with the body of Christ. Uh, and I believe that that's needed. I believe a lack of fellowship in the body of Christ is not a good thing either. But what I noticed was, is that during this time, you know, people didn't ever, very seldom did people look at it from the view of, well, maybe God's trying to slow us down a little bit. Maybe God's trying to show us how to rest and how to live in his rest. Instead, we fought against it. We made ourselves busier, whether it, been, whether it was by going live stream every night so that to keep ourselves out there. And, and so instead of saying, okay, God, what are you trying to say to us? God, how are you trying to change us in this? We religion and those who live in a religious system had a tendency to go to the opposite and say, okay, if, if they're going to tell us we can't have church, if, they're going, if we're not going to be able to have church because of COVID-19, then I'm going to get even busier. I'm not going to spend time with my family. I'm going to get even busier. And so oftentimes I've seen this over and over and over again throughout uh, my life and and seeing ministers where 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 they were always so busy with ministry, so busy doing things in ministry, that their own families were was in shambles, and they they didn't even realize it because they were so busy trying to do ministry things and entertain people and entertain the church. 
Uh, we live in such an entertainment culture. Um, throughout COVID-19, what I've seen is, is all, many people who just left churches because, well, they're not keeping me busy enough. They're not they're not having enough entertainment for me. They're not having enough programs. And, and they, they tried to spiritualize and say, well, I have faith and blah, blah, blah. They, they, had, they tried to do all of that stuff. But really, the whole point was, is you are not entertaining me enough. You are not preaching to me enough. You are not giving me uh, what I need every week in order to uh, have my walk with Christ, which means that their walk with Christ is based upon being encouraged every week or entertained every week by a pastor and his sermons or by the worship team. And those things are all great. And I believe it is an important part of ministry. I'm not, I believe in the church. I believe in the corporate body coming together. But I also believe that the church will only be as effective as we as individuals are effective. So what I'm saying is, is that if you have to have a preacher constantly holding your hand in order to be saved and in order to walk with Christ, then you're worshiping a preacher. You're worshiping a church. You're worshiping a belief system. You're not worshiping Jesus. And so what we do is, is we put pressure on ministry to stay busy all the time. To stay constantly busy, which is why pastors, 70% of pastors constantly fight depression. What did I say? 50% feel so discouraged in ministry that they would leave ministry if they had another option. 80% of pastors believe their pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families, and 33% said it was outright a hazard for their family. This is not what God intended his church to look like. This is not what God intended those who were called to do the work for him to, to look like and, and how we were to live our lives. He didn't, he didn't call us to live in constant discouragement and pressure. Pastors are dropping out of ministry daily because of the pressures, not the pressures of, you know, true ministry. Because, because what did Jesus say? He said, "Take my yoke upon, take my yoke upon you." Why? Because my yoke is light. The pressure's coming from the the constant push of if you want me to stay in your church, then you have to keep me happy. If you want me to stay in your church, then you have to have things for me to do and you have to have things for my kids to do all the time. You have to plan out everything. But I'm I'm here to and I know this isn't going to be popular and there's probably a lot of people who's listening right now going, "Well, you know, you just don't want Listen, I I'm not I'm not in any way shape or form saying we should be lazy. I believe the churches should be active. But I don't believe that constant activity necessarily leads to us being effective in ministry. As a matter of fact, if, if, it's, if it's constant activity that is the focus of ministry, then I believe it's actually a detriment. Because now you have people who work all week long who are constantly, constantly being pushed to do something else. Now I'm just going to I'm just going to say I'm going to be blunt that you know I, I grew up in the old school Pentecostal church where if you didn't show up for everything, if you didn't show up for everything, it was a guilt trip, man. You weren't doing what God wanted you to do. You, you, if you didn't show up for every time the doors were opened, then, then you know, but I, I'll never forget here a few years ago, and I don't remember who it was, I heard a pastor talking about how 
he had, I think it was a youth pastor and an associate pastor who came to him and said, listen, I know we have, you know, this thing going on this night, but my son is in Little League and he has a baseball game. What do you want me to do? And the pastor looked at him and said, if you come here to the church instead of going to the baseball game with your son, then you're fired. And I remember when I first originally heard that, I thought, wow, because that's not how I always looked at it. I always thought, you know, church comes first. Now, should church be a priority in our lives? Yes. Yes, it should. I believe that if we get into a proper and right place in our relationship with Christ, that you won't have to be guilted in making your the church and the work of the church a priority in your life. Here's the problem, is that we're trying to guilt people into making church the priority in their life. We're trying to lay upon them a yoke that says this is the priority in your life, but we're not actually dealing with the root of the problem where it is they don't have a personal relationship with Christ. They don't have a prayer life on their own. They don't have a, a study life on their own. And so they're being torn to pieces and being pressured, and, and, be, and then we're getting upset because, well, they're not showing up to church. When in actuality, them showing up to church isn't what's not isn't what's causing them uh, their lives to be out of place. What what's causing them their lives to be out of place is they have a lack of relationship with God. Not showing up to church is just a manifestation of that. And so, the answer is not let's get more people in church. The answer is let's get more people living for Jesus. With that, then. Church attendance and all of that won't even be a problem. Being active in the church won't be a problem because people's lives are automatically going to be focused on doing the work of the ministry. Now, listen, the work of the ministry isn't just what church does. And I, listen, I'm saying this right now, and I know there are going to be pastors and people listening to me that are not. That this is rubbing you the wrong way. I'm sorry, and you're welcome to email me. You're welcome to tell me you, you feel that I'm wrong. I'm always up for some good uh, criticism if necessary. Uh, if you feel that I'm wrong, let me know you feel, think I'm wrong. You know, I'm not saying it's going to change my mind. But I, listen, I watch this. I see this. I've seen this over and over and over again, this idea that if we stay busy with church, that will keep people saved. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. If people would find themselves in their personal private time in devotion drawing themselves, getting to a place where they're drawn closer to Jesus, then we would not have to make people be faithful to churches and make people be faithful to the work of the ministry. And let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you right now. If, you, if you're called to be a preacher, if you're called to be a preacher, then your family comes first. Because I'm going to tell you right now that if you want to be used in ministry and you put your family on the back burner, and you lose your family, you've already failed in ministry. You've already if, if you lose your family, if your family is grow, you know, ends up hating hating church and ends up not loving Jesus and not having a relationship, as a minister of the gospel, my first responsibility is not to the church. My first responsibility is to my family. And that's why the Bible says that I am the priest of my home. My first responsibility, whether it be the husband or the wife, is to the family. To make sure that they're where they need to be. To make sure they have a proper view of who God is. And so I know this is hard for some of us to hear, but this is the facts. This is why pastors' families oftentimes end up in shambles. Because they are put, pressure is put on them. To constantly entertain people. 
to constantly enter, entertain the congregation. And if the congregation isn't entertained enough, if they don't get enough attention, if the pastor's not there to answer the phone as soon as they call, and he's not there to be for them in everything, then, well, he's not doing his job. Let me tell you what I believe the job of the pastor is. Yes, it's to love people, and yes, it's to be there for people. But number one, it is to make sure, if a pastor's family's falling apart and there's problems there, if a pastor, uh, if, if his kids don't love Jesus, if his kids um, aren't living for God and they hate ministry because of what, what they've seen, then there's a problem. He can't be properly do what he needs to do in ministry. So the home comes first. And this is not just pastor. I'm talking about people in general. Our family's relationship with God comes first. Because if we don't have that, if we don't have that at home, then when we get to church, we're just putting on a show anyhow. We might be building churches, we might be building congregations, but I'm just going to be honest with you, it was never God's intention for us to build congregations. The numbers don't matter. The numbers don't matter. And so Pastors are having nervous breakdowns. Pastors have problems uh, in their physical body because of the pressure and because they don't they don't get enough rest. And even on their days off, they're doing something. Everybody expects something out of them, and everything's falling apart. And they think they're doing what God's called them to do. When actually, Jesus made it very clear. He said, "Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Why don't we preach that? Why don't we preach that? Rest is okay. Why don't we preach that it's okay to make a, to to make our families a priority? Why don't we preach and let people know that you know that it's okay to every once in a while spend spend a Sunday evening with your family. It's okay every once in a while to do things and and, and to be able to do things in your home and have devotions in your home. But no, instead, all the pressure is put on the leadership of the church to make sure your family stays saved, and that's not the way God's called it to be. So we have pastors who have anger problems because they're so frustrated by what they're having to deal with. And therefore, everything flows from the head down. So when a pastor feels pressure to keep people entertained, it's an automatic that he's going to feel frustration and start that frustration is going to start being thrown upon the people because his idea is going to be, well, if I have to be at the beck and call of everybody, then everybody else should be at my beck and call. And we should just stay busy all the time. We should be in church every night. We should be in church doing something. And we think that's success. It's not. Now, I'm not saying, you listen, like I said, I grew up in times when you had revivals that lasted for two, three weeks and longer. And as long as that revival is what God's called us to do and what he is calling in that moment, then that's wonderful. That's great. But if we're just having services because the preacher needs needs an audience and he his pride tells him I need to have uh, you know uh, I need to get up and preach to people, so I need to have more services and that's what makes my church great is the fact we have more services, then then we're we're on a wrong track here. True revival is not scheduled by by a preacher. True revival is something that is brought in only by the Holy Spirit. And if we're so busy trying to get accomplished what we want to be accomplished, oftentimes we miss the Holy Spirit. So busyness in ministry does not equate to effectiveness in ministry. There's a lot of people that, you know, if, if, if a pastor says, you know what, we're going to take this Wednesday off. I want everybody to stay home. I mean, it's like heresy. 
I don't think it should become something that's common and that we should stop having less services. But I don't think that we should live in a place where everybody just has to be constantly doing something. The Bible tells us to be still and know that he's God. Oftentimes, we see God in his character in the quiet. Oftentimes, we see God in his character in the quiet things, the things that are not, that are not just completely out front. The things, oftentimes, we, we don't stop long enough, even in ministry, to hear what God is saying because we're so busy trying to build ministry. Now, I, listen, I, I know this is not going to be well-received by many. And then there's probably some of you who are hearing me going, wow, that takes a lot of pressure off. I hope it does. I hope it does because I understand the pressure. I understand the pressure to, to entertain. I understand the pressure to, to make sure we have plenty of things planned so that people will be impressed by how much the church is doing. And And... I initially, when I began to see this, I initially, and still do sometimes, I fought against it and said, Lord, you know, uh, my job is to make sure that we're busy. But actually, that's not my job. Actually, that's not the job of the church. I believe that what we do, we should do being led by the Spirit. And if we're doing the things that the Spirit is leading us to do, then I believe that it will not lead us into a place of exhaustion. I believe that it will not lead us into a place where we're, where pastors and leadership are not um, sacrificing their bodies for the sheep. I believe that it will not lead to a place where families are falling apart because they never have time to themselves. So, what I want, what if you're listening to me today? What I want is for you. I, I don't want you to just go. Well, you, he, he's lost his mind. I don't want you just to say, "Well, he's right." I want you to, to begin to go in your Word and study Scripture and show me, show me in Scripture where it says that to, in order for the church to be successful, that the sign of a successful church is a church that's constantly doing things. A church that's constantly moving and a church that's constantly taking up everybody's time and, and pastors who are working themselves to death. You show me that in scripture. Because it's not there. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick and they, they shall recover. These signs shall follow them that believe. Right? Those are those are what, what the signs of, of a church that believes is. is in other words... The sign of a church that believes is a, is a church that is seeing lives changed. And so, if people call themselves Christians, but, their, but marriages are falling apart, then the church isn't doing their job. If the church is keeping people busy, and they're keeping them entertained, and they're keeping uh, you something on the schedule every night, and yet people's marriages are falling apart, and people's kids are, aren't living for God, then we're not doing our job. So we need to be led by the Spirit in everything that we do. We need to be led by the Spirit in every action that we take and not just being busy for the sake of being busy. That's not what God's called us to. And so I believe God is really wanting to, 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 to move on this. I believe that God is really wanting us to get this revelation. So as the people of God, if, if, if you attend a church, I'm not telling you that you shouldn't be active in the church. By all means, you should be active. Um, God does not want us to be lazy. God does not want us to sit back and not do anything. But 
we shouldn't expect our pastors to keep our whole lives planned and to keep us entertained all the time. On the same respect, pastors should not feel the pressure to constantly entertain people. That's not what you're called to do. You're called to lead people and to teach and to disciple believers. And oftentimes, part of discipling is teaching them that their personal relationship with Christ is more important than what happens corporately. In the sense of, if they don't have a personal relationship with Christ, what they do corporately doesn't matter. You can come to all the prayer... Listen, we can schedule a prayer meeting every night of the week and people can show up. But if they don't have a personal prayer life, all all you're doing is putting on a show. Listen, I've been... Do I believe that corporate prayer is important? Of course I do. But let's just be honest. I've been around for a while and oftentimes all prayer meetings are is just for people to show off and people to say, well, I'm a prayer warrior. If you're a prayer warrior, then you can you can pray in your living room or pray in your home. And then when the Holy Spirit calls a, a solemn assembly, when the Holy Spirit says, hey, I want people to come together for a prayer meeting, then we do that. We've all, When we get there, we're already uh, prayed up and we, things can happen. Now I might I might get some blowback from this. That's fine. That's fine. I'm 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 happy to have a civil conversation with anyone who thinks I'm a heretic, you know. But the things got to change. We have to start being led by being led by the Spirit means that we do things when the Spirit tells us to. We don't just do things to keep people busy. Come on, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, who are who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. People are looking for rest. People need rest. They need rest mentally. They need rest physically. And I believe that when activities and things that we do are done because we were led by the spirit to do it then it leads to rest not to frustration not to anxiety not to exhaustion not to exhaustion now if you're out there and you're saying that's exactly right my pastor asked too much of me and i don't understand why i have to be faithful that's not what i'm saying (laughs) i believe we should be faithful i believe we should be active But I believe together as the leadership of churches and as the congregation that we need to be led by the Spirit so that what we spend our time doing isn't just done so that we can say we did it. It's done because it's actually bringing change to the world. So I may may talk about this a little bit later because this this is something that has weighed up on my heart for a long time. You know, and um there's a, a good article uh, where I got a lot of these statistics. If you go to soulsshepherding.org uh, forward slash pastors, un, pastors um, under stress, read that article. It is, uh, you know, it's crazy. 
things that are happening, and I, I've seen it. I, I, I know the stre- what kind of stress it can bring on pastors and their families and leadership in their families. Not only that, though, I also see what happens when pastors become frustrated, and I also see what happens when pastors spend most of their time behind the pulpit trying to make people live in a, under a guilt trip because they didn't do everything that they wanted them to do. This is not what God has intended for us. So I, I don't have enough time today to get into the depths of this. And I, I, I really hope that what I've said today speaks to you and speaks to your heart. I hope you understand what I'm saying. I hope that you don't just take one thing that I've said and turn it into, well, he thinks we should be lazy and we shouldn't be active in the church because I don't believe that. I'm a pastor. I believe we should be active. But I also don't want you to think that, you know, that I think that we should just stay busy for the sake of being busy. I believe that we should be led by the Spirit and the power of God. So if you get an opportunity, get into Scripture. Begin to begin to look up Scriptures where, where Jesus talked about rest. Even in the Old Testament where the prophets and stuff talked about God bringing rest. Do a study on it and realize that it's important that we have rest. It's important that we live a life of rest. And so I'm going to, I'm going to have prayer for you today. And I'm going to pray that you receive this word. I'm going to pray that you receive it the way that it was intended. I'm going to pray that we humble ourselves, that we hear it, and even if it goes against what we think is true, that we allow um, ourselves to be open up to receive, to receive this and, and to understand it. Father, I thank you that you have called us to rest, that your burden is light and your yoke is easy. I pray, God, that you would let us see this in the proper, in the proper picture of what you want for us that we would once again be led by your spirit, that, God, we would not just be busy for the sake of being busy, but, God, that we would, we would, be, we would use our time and our efforts in such a way, God, strategically, God, that we, that we are the most effective. I believe that when we're led by the spirit that we are effective and that you don't want your people living in, in, in exhaustion and frustration and depression and under pressure and under stress. That's not your will for us. And I pray, God, that you would speak to us and you would deal with us. God, everyone who's listening, God, I pray, God, that they would take this word and, Lord, that they would allow it to change them. Lord, I pray for pastors today, pastors, Lord, who want to give up, pastors who are frustrated with everything that's going on around them, pastors, God, who maybe even be fighting depression uh, and maybe be, maybe be fighting things in their home that nobody knows about, maybe with their children, their spouses. There's, there's pressure coming from every direction, God. I pray, God, that you would deal, Lord, let them get into your word, God, speak to their hearts. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and we'll give you the honor and give you the glory in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for listening to the the In Focus podcast today. I pray that it has been a blessing to you. Uh, Remember once again to go to all of our multiple um, social media platforms and YouTube and get subscribed. Um, subscribe to the podcast on whatever your podcast platform that you like is. Um, we're probably on there. Get on there and, and subscribe so that you don't miss any of our podcasts. Like I said earlier, we are going to begin to a podcast on reclaiming the Pentecostal message. I am so excited. It will probably be multiple podcasts because I believe that needs to happen. And so I'm excited for that. You don't want to miss that, so subscribe. Um, so I want to bl- I want to thank everyone for listening, and God bless.